Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. And away we go. That's, a, that's right. a new thing I'm working on. <laughs> when you always love that, let's I just love the questions. I don't walk right into that. that. There are some, I'm not saying this is a good movie. Oh, what? I, that is finished Willem Dafoe. He, he looks, looks just like Willem Dafoe. He, I thought he looked very familiar. You're, don't throw out a fact. You are correct. You're Butler, correct. you should do some facts sometimes. Do some facts sometimes, Butler. Don't take my <laughs> I'm pretty confident your brother doesn't listen to the Forgotten Cinema podcast, but if he does, Boo! Hello, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, so before we continue, uh, Feliz Navidad. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know when Hanukkah is. I don't celebrate Hanukkah. So, But happy Hanukkah happy if it's Hanukkah. past. <laughs> I but believe it's actually on Christmas this year. Is it really? Or the day before. Wow. Yes. Oh, we might not be busy at all then at the theater. Oh, no, we'll still be busy. <laughs> families, families don't like to spend time together. Oh, that's not true. We're about to do a movie about family and you just you just crapped all you over know, if family. If they watch this movie, maybe they'd learn the importance of family and not go to the movie theater. This and is true. This is true. We, of course, are talking about The Family Man, the 2000 film directed by Brett Ratner, starring Nicolas Cage, Tay Leone. And I don't have this stuff in front of me right now. So a bunch of people <laughs> that I will get to. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I'm going to go right. Now. No, no, actually, no, wait a minute. No, that's right. I go into the facts now. So let me let me do that again. Directed by Brett Radner, Nicolas Cage, starring Nicolas Cage, Tay Leone, Don Cheadle, Jeremy Piven, Saul Rubinek, Joseph Summer. And then I have a just a list of people that are in there that we'll probably get to. But I'm, they're not they're like small parts here and there. Mm hmm. All right, so our story is about Jack Campbell, played by Nicolas Cage, who is with Kate Reynolds, played by Tay Leone, and they are you find them at JFK Airport there together. Uh, the, the, he is about to leave to go on an internship uh, with Barclays in London. So, yeah. yep. This is 1987. Correct. This is because this is 2000, but this is 13 years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was trying, trying to figure out if they said if they were saying 99, even though because they shot in 99. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. So she feel he's leaving for a year. He thinks it's going to be okay, but Kate has a fear of separation and that she that this won't work out. She begs for him to stay because she she says she chooses us, um, but he says no. Everything's fine. He leaves thirteen years later, as we just talked about. He is uh, they are not together. He is a bachelor who's uh, living a a wonderful life. He's a Wall Street executive who has tons of money, and he's on the process. He's in, on the cusp of putting together this like a billion dollar merger. So he leaves his office on Christmas Eve, goes to a convenience store where uh, Don Cheadle, who plays cash, comes in. He says he has a winning lottery ticket for $238. The, the store clerk says, no, get lost. The store clerk played by Ken Leung. Leung? I think I said that. He's from Lost. When you saw the movie, did you kind of? I did not. Oh, you didn't? You didn't yeah. recognize him? I didn't really watch Lost. Really? Yeah. Just I unfortunately did. <laughs> kind of hate watched Lost. So, But back to, back to cash. He's trying to get his winning lottery ticket cash. He says, no, it's, yeah, I don't believe you. You're, you're, you're full of it. He pull, Cash pulls out a gun, threatens him. Jack says, hey, listen, I'll, I'll buy the ticket. He tries to uh, quell the situation, if you will. Then they leave the convenience store. He says, yeah, sure, whatever. They leave. And then Cash is like, you know, he says, hey, thanks, Jack. You know, whatever. And he's like, how do you know my name? So already you're kind of thinking like something's up there. Jack tries to offer to buy the gun. And then that's when Cash says, you know, like, why? 
what are you trying to do here? Like, what do you need? And he's like, I don't need anything. I, I'm, my life is perfect. Then you get the idea. He's like, okay, well, remember you said that. The next day he wakes up and suddenly Jack is now married to Tay Leone, to Kate Reynolds. Uh, they have two kids. He living, he's living in Jersey and he's in, he, and he is getting a glimpse of his life. What it would have been like if he never got on that plane. Now he doesn't realize that at the time. He has to, he has to figure that out as he goes throughout the, I guess it takes, I think it goes like a week and a half, probably from Christmas to Actually, no, it doesn't end before New Year's, I think. I think it's like a week. I think it's like it's, uh, in terms of like the span of the, the, the time frame of the movie. I'm asking uh, you. He, he says at the end, doesn't he say these last few weeks? Maybe it's been a couple. Cause I, think it's been a couple I think it's been a couple. All weeks. right, so it's been a couple weeks. And then Jack gets this glimpse of his life, and then he, he said this life of a family man, and whether he if he never went on that plane, it actually comes back. He goes on the plane, but he comes back. Uh, in this alternate in this, universe. In this glimpse of this alternate universe, as Mike has just said. And, you know, he just, that's it. He just kind of gets a glimpse of his life, what it would be like. And then, you know, that glimpse is taken away. And then the ending happens, which I don't like to reveal. I guess for some reason, I don't like to reveal in the plot. But yeah, we'll reveal this week. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's it. So let's go to the facts. Runtime of 125 minutes, rated PG-13, had a production budget of $60 million. It was released on December 22nd, 2000. So clearly a Christmas movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Opening weekend did 10.5 million. Domestically did 75. Worldwide 125. I thought it was a little bit more. I thought it made a little bit more money. I don't know why I thought that. Maybe because it's a Christmas movie. Maybe it's because a holiday movie. It's more domestic based kind of thing. You know what I mean? I suppose. Because it made more money domestically than worldwide. I mean, worldwide is both total. So it made only 50 million internationally based on what I'm saying here. So that was kind of 2000 was like the beginning of the international market really taken off. True. Okay. Uh, it did since it came, it came out on the 22nd of December, which for all intents and purposes is the Christmas weekend. Now I looked and there was no movies that came out on the 25th. Everything came out on the 22nd, which I thought was weird because maybe not, maybe a couple years after this, now we have movies that'll come out on the day, the Friday and that like, like the first Friday before. And right. then yes, on the day of Christmas. So mm-hmm. we'll have like, Two or three films come out on, like, let's just say for the sake of argument, 23rd. And on the 25th, we'll have another five come out. So I thought that was odd. But on the 22nd, it, also, it opened up against Castaway and Miss Congeniality, which, you know, Some were very popular. Tough competition, yeah. Exactly, which is probably why its opening weekend was 10.5. Because it opened third that weekend behind Castaway and actually What Women Want, which was in its uh, second week. Because on the 15th was What Women Want, Dude, Where's My Car?, why is that a December movie? I don't know. And Emperor's New Groove. And then the week before that, you had Vertical Limit, Proof of Life, and Dungeons and Dragons, which I have completely blown that what? Emperor's New Groove opened the, t- the 15th of December. Uh, he's got an Emperor's New Groove VHS tape. Interesting. In his, uh, in his living room. Interesting. Maybe if my, I don't believe my notes are wrong. No, I, I, I was surprised it was an Emperor's New Groove VHS when I saw it. I was like, eh, it's a little newer for that VHS to be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Directed by Brett Ratner, uh, you may know him from Rush Hour series, Tower Heist after the sunset, and the six uh, sexual assault allegations against him. Oh, we just like Christmas, to say, man. We, exactly. <laughs> Listen, we are celebrating this movie and everyone else that made this movie in terms of uh, his Ratner's extracurricular activities. Obviously, we do not support that. That is ridiculous right. um, and it's disgusting. And when we were doing this movie, when we were re- researching this film, uh, like uh, and. And eventually I had to get onto the sites where I was like, okay, well, this is what he has, like, what has been alleged. I'm just like, ugh, just, just 
it's really stupid. Uh, written by David Diamond and David Weissman. They are responsible for Evolution, which is I find very odd because Evolution is more of an improv movie because that's how Ivan Reitman directs. It's it's there's a script, but it's a loose, loose script, and they just kind of riff. Right. I like Evolution, but I believe you don't like I Evolution. I don't. I'm not an Evolution fan. No. Right. Sorry. They also did When in Rome, which was the what's her name? Veronica Mars. Kristen Bell? Yeah, Kristen Bell, when she goes to... Isn't that when she throws the penny in and like Danny DeVito loves her or somebody... They, oh, they, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, all yeah. those guys, yeah. Yeah. I'm usually with Danny Elfman. <laughs> I have, for other credits, I have everything I like. Uh, <laughs> cinematography by Dante Spinetti. Spinetti? Spinetti? Spinetti. I think it was say Spinetti. Uh, he, he has a ton of credits, but I'm just going to list some of the ones you might be more familiar with. LA Confidential, more recently Black and Blue, Heat, and Hudson Hawk. Yeah! yeah. Bring it back. Season one. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's it. I mean, we can get into the movie. I've got a bunch. I've got a couple other facts that I can probably pepper in after that. All right, so right off the bat, one of the things I noticed, did you notice the aspect ratio was off? I mean, a little bit, but I have figured that was due to the fact that I watched it um, on stars. Yeah, Shout but, out to stars. But you had the bars. I don't think I did. I think it was just all stretched. Well, then that's terrible because it was two, three, five. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what. That's what I how I watched it. I watched it on a DVD. I'm sorry, okay. not a Blu-ray. So it was two, three, five. But I think, and I well, I looked it up. Portions of the movie were shot two, three, nine, as well as two, three, five. So there were moments, there were scenes in the movie where they were thin. You know, like when you watch Die Hard at the end of Die Hard, yeah, and, yeah. and then they're, everyone's super thin. Yeah, that's because it's two, three, nine, put up to two, three, five. I did notice. I did notice that. Yeah. So I think that parts of this movie were shot differently. I don't know why. I don't know why you split up your aspect ratio like that. I reshoots, poor planning. I didn't see anything about reshoots. I just I noticed it to the point where I was just like, that's why are they thin? And it wasn't like at the end of the movie, it was at certain points of the movie. Right. So I don't know if you had caught that. I caught did you catch at the end at the very end when he's talking to Kate and Jack's trying to get Kate back at the airport? Yes. After she says, Okay, one cup of coffee and it flip it shoots back to his close up. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if it was an unfinished, unedited shot. It the color is off. It's grainier. It's almost like they were like, "Oh, we don't have a shot of his reaction. Let's insert something." And like they didn't have time to colorize it or match it with. Oh, I, didn't, I did not notice. So that. just like it's all off. And it didn't. looks just like unused footage. I didn't notice that at all. No, nice job. I mean, I have to go back and look. Yeah, that, bo- just... that bothered me more than the tall thing. Although I did notice, it that. is a nineteen-year-old movie. So I mean, it, or so. It could yeah, be. but it was just that one no, shot. Yeah, because it was a little desaturated i would say compared to the rest of that scene where it was kind of like had a gold tint to everything and now right. you swoop back to him and it's grayer and there's marks on the film and stuff like that so right I was like, yeah, that's weird so i had not seen this movie for probably i mean i probably saw i honestly did i watch it last year i may have watched it a couple of years ago i mean i've seen this movie off and on okay um what's funny is that on this watch with me was i felt more What's the word I'm looking for? I f- not sympathy, but I related more to just the 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 life of the family man, probably because I'm you are now the I, family man. Exactly. <laughs> not not in terms of like, you know, like, oh, I, you know, I could have been this rich and powerful man if I didn't, you know, stay with my wife. I could be time. directing films right now. I could be somebody <laughs> not in that regard, but in the regard of just like just the Christmas week. It's just a complete mess and a disaster and just all that stuff. Everything, you know. Uh, now that's for me, but I know 
for you, because one of the notes I have here is that I think this movie highlights our different perspectives. In terms I, of I where thought we that while from. I was watching it, right. I was like, you know what? This is going to be interesting because Field is kind of right. the family man. He's so got I, all these things. So I, I don't. Right. So as we go through this or even right now, I'm curious as to like what you responded to more in this movie in terms of just what made you laugh. What not made you cry, but made you feel remote. Uh, I mean. I still feel for like I still like the family aspect of it. You sure. know, that's it's I'm pretty sure I'm the one that put this on the list because I I enjoy that part. I enjoy, you know, him having the family and stuff like that. I think we all want that, but we all also want his other life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just part of, you know, when you're maybe when you're in college, you're like, I want to be rich and powerful. But then you get a little older and you're like, I want a family, too, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then it's like most people want both. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can't necessarily have both. Or at least a normal version of both. You can't. You can have both, but you're going to, you, like, it's almost like a jack of all trades, master of none kind of scenario. Like, right. you can have both, but you're going to stuff's gonna suffer. Right. Exactly. You're not, you're not gonna be there completely, either one or the other. I mean, that that that's. I know people. I know there's probably people listening. Like, I do it. I do it. And that's that's great. Good for you. <laughs> well, not everyone's wired like that. Listen, if if you have that much money as Jack Campbell, feel free to. Uh... <laughs> Send some our way. You're already doing a pitch. Listen, I could use some microphones. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Aww. laughs> how about this question? Right. What was different from, let's say, the last time you saw it to this? Like specifically, like what did you feel, or or what parts made you feel a little differently than last time? Was it the hopelessness at the beginning, or him kind of getting into his groove later on? Well, one of the things I noticed, or one of the things, one of the notes I had that was when he was. The reality of Jack in reality, rich, successful, not the glimpse. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like a jerk. Like he liked it. He was he was like somebody. He was still a nice person. Right. Which I mean? is why he's helped cash. And, right. He yeah. wasn't somebody who was completely, you know, corrupted by money and all that stuff. He was somebody who was still the same person. It's just he didn't end up with Kate. And, you know, this is where he, you know, he loves his life and stuff like that. So, I, you know, like and I. And watching it, somebody like he, he believes he has everything he needs, as he tells Cash. Mm-hmm. You know, I have everything I need. I don't need anything, you know. But he finds out that no, what he's missing is, you know, love. Is missing right. being a family guy, being having two kids, just that lifestyle. And I think at the end, when he tells her, you know, like I don't know what it was, but like I've seen what it's like when we're together. You know, and I want that. He uses the line. He repeats the line to her. I choose us. Yes. Which it's funny. It's like he almost like I almost feel like when they're having that conversation, like so eventually, like at the end when they're talking, like we're supposed to assume that, okay, they're going to get together. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's like at some point, like I want to I want I want to see the conversation where he's like, I want to thank you for doing what I couldn't do 13 years ago because you decided to stay. It's like, you know what I mean? Like she is like instantly more in touch with what is more was more important to to them to to the both of them right right so i thought i thought i don't know i always thought that i was like well she stayed you wouldn't stay you know, yep. stuff like that um although he like we said he comes back he actually because he finds the ticket in the book that he took he takes the next flight back yeah in the in the glimpse right right the glimpse. The, <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if like that movie if it was in today's time and someone's leaving to go to london i don't I mean, I think I would think long distance relationships are a little easier to do now because of technology and smartphones compared to 1987. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But right. 
you'd still have that same thing. Long distance relationships well, are still tough. Contact, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. yeah right. No, I, I hear that. I get that. I think it's amazing that after two kids that they both look the same. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, like if, if, if I'm remaking this, like I would like, like recast the, no, the no, younger no, no, ones. No, 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 not at all. I would make him like have like 20 extra pounds. Like you know I was I mean? surprised by yeah. that. Yeah. He wasn't as in shape. Now he's pretty in shape in the, dressing room when he's got his underpants oh, he's in on shape regardless dancing. yeah but i'm pretty sure that's because this is around the time where he was training to become superman for his canceled superman lives project well he came this movie was after he had done um bring out bringing out the dead and oh another movie oh eight millimeter because mm-hmm. he mentions that you know there are two movies that i that were pretty dark and like you know he he wanted to do something lighter well yeah he at first didn't really he didn't really want to do the movie, but like I guess Ratner talked him into it. Or, well, I or, guess his production companies produced it, but Saturn originally pictures, yeah. um, John Travolta was up for his yes, role. Yeah, yeah, which I, I I couldn't see that. I no, because I don't think John Travolta always plays like nice, even when he's bad, and like so I I can't see him at the beginning where he's really kind of trying to not accept being the family man. Mm-hmm. I just can't see him doing that, mm-hmm. or at least being that great at it. Yeah, like he's just too nice, John. Just, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I the character of Lassiter, played by Joseph Summer. He's front. He's actually in Strange Days. He's also the bad guy in Witness. I think he's the bad guy in Witness. Yeah, he's the bad guy in Witness. Oh, okay. He plays Peter Lassiter. What What's the name of uh? What's the first? What's Lassiter's first name in Psych? Is not Peter, right? No, what I don't it? remember. Um, you watched gonna, it more than me. My wife's gonna kill me because I can't remember. <laughs> it. Um, so. He has that line where he where he's talking when he asks him about uh hey hey he asks him hey you know I got a phone call out of the blue from an old flame oh yeah and he's just like old flames are like old tax returns leave them in the file room for three years and cut them loose it's like oh Jesus like like instantly like I don't like this guy but then when we see him in the glimpse I'm like that still carries over for me like I'm still like I don't like this guy even though like. And what he's doing when, like, when he talks into when he talks to him at the dealership, and he brings him in, and then he tries to undercut Alan Mintz, uh, who's played by Saul Rubinick, right? You know, like tries to bring him in. He and they have that little tête-à-tête with each other. Yeah, uh, like that. His his line here kind of for me pulls through the entire movie, and I'm just like, this guy's a jerk. Like he tells you he's a jerk at the beginning. He's no, like, why aren't when he's like, why weren't you? Uh, I don't see you going anywhere for Christmas. He goes, oh, I'm a cold heartless bastard. It's like that's. <laughs> That's him. That's his right. character. And that, he admits he, admit, he freely admits that he's let the business aspect take him over. Right. He's the future Jack Campbell. That's, Jack say, that's probably it. where yeah. Jack's going. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Peter, let me ask you a question. An old girlfriend calls you out of the blue on Christmas Eve. What do you do? You suddenly having trouble getting dates? Yeah. Leave it in the past. Old flames are like old tax returns. Put them in the file cabinet for three years and then you cut them loose. Oh, so, yeah, agreed. Why do you think maybe. Why do you think this was forgotten? Because I, I honestly don't think it's I, I don't. Maybe it's forgotten in terms of this is one of those movies that it's forgotten. You know, I asked you the question. <laughs> why do you think it's forgotten? I don't know why I'm trying to answer my own question. Because here's what's here's why I chose it. Because if you ask, have you seen The Family Man? Have you seen The Family Man? With the exception of my fiance, finally watched it. <laughs> usually get, oh, yeah, yeah. But it's usually that, oh, yeah. Like they haven't seen it since 2000. Right. And I think it's worth revisiting. I really enjoy the the storyline. I think it's 
it's got stuff to say. It's it's heartwarming, but not like it's not overly sappy. It doesn't punch you in the face with that sap. Oh, I oh I disagree. But go ahead. As much as most Christmas movies were, I would, and I think maybe it's forgotten because it's a Christmas movie, but it's also not really a Christmas movie. It doesn't really focus on the Christmas aspect of it. And I think True. other people, when they think Christmas movies, like I got to pop in Christmas Vacation or Elf or something that really oh, like explodes God. with red, blue or red, blue, red, green, <laughs> and white, uh, you know, Christmassy. Yeah. And maybe that because this doesn't, but it's not necessarily a any time of year movie. Mm-hmm. An evergreen movie, if you would. Nice. Uh, nice that nice nice verbiage. I like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe that's why it's forgotten. Why people don't come back to it, even though they've seen it. Um, to go back to your point about the 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 schmaltz or the, not the schmaltz. The uh, I've seen much schmaltzier things. See, I think this movie. Time, I think this movie relies heavily on charm than substance. I think Absolutely. this movie is cashing in on nostalgia. Because let's be honest, this movie is a reverse. It's a Wonderful Life. And it, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any bones about it. It is. That's what it is. And and I think I think maybe this movie gets an unfair rap probably from some people because they're just like, oh, they're just doing it's a wonderful life. I saw that already. Like, you know, like they dismiss it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people also, because you had mentioned that your fiance didn't wasn't kind of like she had never watched it because of Nicolas Cage. She wasn't a huge Nick Cage fan. Like she couldn't see him in this role. She's not that she's not a Nick Cage right. fan. She likes She's used to unhinged Nicolas Cage. Sure. Like, you know, mm-hmm. national, like from National Treasure on, like after National Treasure, it's just like weird roles where he's shouting and he's doing his Nicolas Cage thing all yeah, the time. She has not, but she has Which, to go watch older movies because he's been doing that. Ex- well, yeah. exactly. But also, she hasn't seen like him using that to create just oddball, normal guys mm-hmm. like Raising Arizona, I always bring up. And, mm-hmm. and even Red Rock West, where he's kind of subdued, but he's, he's just a normal guy in Red Rock West, too. Like, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. overdo it yeah. whereas now you know with like mandy and like the color of whatever that's coming out color um, of space color of space you know it's he's doing a lot of weird roles where his weirdness is maybe more exacerbated go back and watch peggy sue got married he's doing a fake voice in that the entire time but to the point where like <laughs> they hated it they couldn't stand that he was doing the stupid ass nasally voice which is i think it's funny but but yeah i can i can see nick cage being kind of an off-putting presence in the film for sure. some people i really like nicholas cage i love his ability to go anywhere with a role just He'll he'll let loose. Go go, Nick. Just do your own thing, and he, he will do his own thing. No, I like I enjoyed him in this, and and so yeah. So I mean, like his reserved Nick Cage is he's he's a good actor. He's a very good actor. He's just I think people just kind of glom onto like everyone's always going to bring up the Wicker Man when he's punching that bear. So and that, and that's fine, but he's willing <laughs> not to do, the bees. He's willing to do that, and that's 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 what you want out of an actor: the willingness to put yourself all out there because that's what you're doing all the time. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, one. Do you have any lines that you really like this movie? I already said one, but I got a couple uh, that I really enjoyed. Um, I'm. I know I've written some stuff. Okay. Down. I mean, I like when he's is uh when his freak out in the uh, suit store. Oh yeah. When he goes, sorry, I'm being a prick, <laughs> and it's like just all of a sudden, like there's in the cage. That's why I, I like shouted out. I, there he is. I, do you have any idea what my life is like? Excuse me. I wake up in the morning covered in dog saliva. I drop the kids off, spend eight hours selling tires retail. Retail game. I pick the kids up, walk the dog, which by the way, carries the added bonus of carting away her monstrous crap. I play with the kids, take out the garbage, get six hours of sleep if I'm lucky, and then everything starts all over again. That scene, like, I couldn't stop laughing. Like I laughed for probably like 
an, a minute and a half when he's putting on the suit and she's like, well, how much is that? And she's like, forty, well, dollars $2,400. She's like, no way. And he's like, she, she got, got the shoes. Shoes for twenty five dollars. She got their shoes. <laughs> where am I? Where are my marriage? Yeah, I know. I thought. I thought. Those, I thought that. I couldn't stop laughing. And then, like, when he has the bell, and she's like, "That's my bell." She took my bell. Oh like, yeah, she just takes yeah, it. Yeah, just the fact that he like he wasn't like that's not my kid. Like that, who is a strange being and stuff like that. What? Who's that? I like it. Thanks, Dad. That's mine. Hey, I need that back. She took my bell. I do like the little girl's really, really good. Mackenzie Vega does a really good as Annie. She does a fantastic job. The scene where she's like, you're not really my dad, are you? Right. That 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 whole shot, uh, scene is really good. She goes to her, don't take me away. You're not going to abduct my mom. Right, right, my right. Brother, are you? Do you like kids? On a case-by-case basis. Do you know how to make chocolate milk? I think I could figure it out. Promise you won't connect me in my bottle and plant stuff in our brains? Sure. <laughs> Welcome to us. Uh, and I also <laughs> like when she drinks the chocolate milk. Just enough chocolate for you, and the chocolate milk is like black. It's got so much <laughs> chocolate on it. Like she got the whole mustache, the whole conversation. <laughs> no, I, I I like that, but again, I think that adds to my, I guess not argument, but my the schmaltz that, over that substance. It really, it relies on that a lot for you to like to to be in on this movie because this movie yeah. doesn't really. I don't want to say it's not deep. It it is. It's almost like surface deep. It's almost like just deep enough for you to find something out of it that you love. I think the theme of the movie is obviously family. And, you know, it's important to have family. Uh, even if you think you have everything in the world, if you don't have love, the love of, you know, mm-hmm. a spouse, a significant other, the love of children, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're always going to live an incomplete life. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important theme, but I do think it's such a common theme and such a, I don't know, ingrained into our just biology kind right. of a theme. That it's not necessarily something that people look at and go, oh, man, that's real deep. This is not everybody knows that. Yeah. Well, I will say this, though, in the glimpse, in the alternate reality, everybody, all the characters pretty much are the same. From reality to the glimpse, like in terms of their character, except, yes. except one. Alan. Yes. <laughs> For some reason, he's a dick in the alternate reality. Like he's he's just, got the Jack Campbell treatment. OK, so but like so then so then basically the real bad guy in this is Lassiter. Because if you just if you let Lassiter get his hooks into you and mentor you, he's going to mentor you to be somebody who is going to turn out to be a jerk. Well, not necessarily a jerk, but where money kind of is all important to you. But Alan, even though he's got more of a backbone, he's more assertive. He's more like, this is my job and I will do anything. He's still got the crib in his office. Yeah, he's still a family family guy. guy. Yeah, he's still trying to do that thing. But maybe like you said, you can't be great at both mm-hmm. but he's still not necessarily full jack campbell but yes i can see like that the theme that money has some kind of corrupting power over you well i think well, like people always say like money you know reveals your true nature mm-hmm. you know when you get money when you have money it reveals the type of person you really are i mean i i, I can believe that to an extent because you know 
I do like the scene where he's talking to Alan after Alan and uh, oh, after Lasseter leaves, and he's like, "Oh, Alan, you really do got a backbone in there, anyway, <laughs> don't you? Oh, I'm so proud of you." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Uh, or what else stood out to you? Uh, I mean, I got a bunch of stuff, but I'm I don't, don't want to sit mean, here. I haven't really even pulled from my notes yet. Nice, because I don't I don't want to monopolize this conversation, brother. Let's want I mean. You talk about how it's a lot like uh, reverse. It's a wonderful life. It's also a little bit like, uh, which against it's a wonderful life. Also, it kind of is a little bit of the Scrooge story, but you're only getting one ghost, basically. I guess, yeah. Uh, what it's I a little Mister Destiny. <laughs> I do really like that it is a glimpse that he doesn't get to keep it, which I think is kind of little a little heartbreaking at the end that he loses all that and he doesn't you realize go back to that moment when yeah, I it's know. not 1987. He's yeah. Which is a lot like, you know, the Christmas story, uh, Christmas Carol. Scrooge doesn't wake up and get to be with his love. He's got to learn. Yeah. You did all this, but you can still make it right. Right, right. You know, he's and he's gone. Uh, Jack is Jackson of the son, right? What's up? Jack's baby. The, the little son. Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't. Uh, so so, it, was well, so Annie, it was so memorable that I forgot his name. <laughs> Annie, the baby, you know, they're all. The yeah. house, it's that's not going to be there. They're not going to be there. Right. Obviously, the house is owned by somebody else. Robert, he's Robert Downer Sr. He's got to make another future. A new one. A new future. But yeah. you have to imagine that if they have two children together, they're going to be those two children. Are well, they? Now they got money. They live in a different place. They'll probably stay in well, the city. Well, that's the thing. Though. Now Who they're knows? super rich. So like, it's almost like, okay, oh, you're going to have love. But, but let's be honest. If you guys get together and... You have you you know you you realize that you should have stayed together and you have kids. You're not gonna be that family anymore. That he the glimpse you saw. You're not gonna move to Jersey. You both have money. She was about to move to Paris and take over Paris. She's given yeah. Prada bags yeah. to her assistant. Clearly, you're gonna be living little, in the Upper yeah. West Side on a giant penthouse with your two children with all your money. You're not gonna just give it up. He's not gonna give it up to go sell tires. Exactly. And is she gonna now do pro bono? You know what? So, you know, so wait a minute. So like this glimpse <laughs> now 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 this glimpse is really like phony. Like oh guys. <laughs> Well, because he's not going to you're not going to choose that. You know, you're not you know, it's it's real easy to be, you know, mm. I'm, I'm a little annoyed. Well, here's the thing. He makes money. Maybe she can go do pro bono work now, but maybe she still, does really want that. But we but don't know what she's like. But we don't know her never. But they're never going to be to they're never going to be that glimpse couple who are struggling to balance their pay. Right. Their, they their had 13 checkbook. years of struggling. These these characters had no. Struggles. So the moral of the story is that, listen. So, you know what? Don't go with somebody and go off and make your millions, but then realize, wait a minute, I should have fallen in love. But go back after you make <laughs> your money and then start your family because, hey, it's the best of both worlds. You made your money, but then you realize that you were missing love. Now go start your family. Oh, look, you're rich. Screw this movie. <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> well, seriously, though, I mean, like, yeah. I've always it's thought that about the movie that I, I that's the one thing I don't like in the movie because it is kind of heartbreaking that. He found happiness and I'm sure he would try to do whatever it is to get that back. But he might not get that. Like he might never achieve that happiness that his glimpse showed him. So it's almost a little mean spirited that that cash Don Cheadle's character showed him this glimpse because he can't have it. He's an he's an angel. Is that what we're saying? I think so. At first I was like, oh, was he God? But no, he's got to be an angel because an he angel. talks about the people upstairs yeah, and how yeah, he yeah. impressed the bigwigs upstairs. Right, right, right. I don't know. I. I because like it's a wonderful life. He he's gonna kill himself. 
He stopped. It's all about shown, all the life he's, that he's affected. right. He's shown the life that if he never existed, but then he he, he goes back. His life he doesn't go back to a changed life. He goes back to his life. He chooses to go back and struggle and like you know have, that his life's not really all that bad. Right, he's exactly. Important. But there's really no. He's really not choosing to not have the not have the power and the wealth and the success and be you know what I mean. I think he's. I think when he goes to get her, he has chosen to do whatever it takes to get that back. We have to assume maybe he's willing to give it all up, but is she? But he should be. See, here's the point. I like the ending. I do. I think. It, I do think though it's it's somewhat put upon in terms of like the chaser down at the airport. It's like you know, like kind of like let's make it happen. Like he's sitting there, we're looking at his stetson and all that stuff, and I, I get that. Oh, when he's, when he's looking at his whiskey bottle. That's got to be a deleted scene, right? You saw some deleted scenes. Is that a yeah. deleted scene where he's got his old stuff? No, because he like really spends the time well, to really look at what the they pepper in the box. Smell it. What they put into the box because he's a huge Elvis fan. Is There's a lot of Elvis stuff, stuff Elvis right? Like that's why because he makes reference to honeymoon in Vegas, right? He talks about how like oh, I jumped out of a plane over you know which I, I actually yeah. really like honeymoon in Vegas. <laughs> but oh, the five pools they're here. <laughs> oh, let's go. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> we should put that on the list. That's a good one. But like, like, I almost like want him to like, he has to make a choice. I know he's like, I'm not going to the airport. I'm not going to the merger. But then we really never see the consequence of him not going. You just you assume that he's, I, he just didn't go. We're assuming, we're assuming that, he didn't go, but he could have right. just gotten another flight and gone later. Right, exactly. I mean, she, I'm assuming she's going to eventually go on to the Paris flight the next morning. It's not like she's, they're going to spend the whole, I just, I don't know. It's, this is what I'm talking about. Like, it's not, one of the, my notes is it's not, it's surface deep. It's not. It's not really layered with a lot of nuances in terms of storytelling. It's got I a suppose. lot of great moments. What I do like about the ending, though, is that we're talking about it. We're talking about what could have happened. Sure. What might happen. Sure. It does leave it open ended. It doesn't like they don't kiss. They don't hug. There's sure. no big embrace. There's just a coffee. There's the start of something. Right. A germ has been planted in them. And it's that's very interesting because a lot of other movies and a lot of Christmas movies, and maybe this is why it's more forgotten, is it's not necessarily the happiest ending. It's it's just it's, it's what's going to happen and you don't know. It's a satisfying ending for somebody in the audience watching. It's not necessarily a happy ending for the people in the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you sit here like we're doing, if you sit here and think about it, we really don't know what's going to happen. And, it, and we're like given like again, we're given like this surface deep storytelling of like this is oh, here it is. Oh, you loved it. Right. Because it was cute when. You know, he was trying to walk the dog and it was cute when the kids were telling him when he walks like, the dog in the middle of the street. Who walks a dog in the middle yeah, of the street? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I was watching. I was like, get on yeah. the sidewalk. Well, there was a, there was a couple of things that I like in terms of just kind of like that stuff. Like, why are the toys in the middle of the yard? You're out there in the middle of winter playing. You're you're, you're playing and playing house. I, I, listen, that, that's not happening. It's freezing out like those toys that, are rust. Guys having a triple bypass surgery on the 26th of December. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow's a big day. It's going to clear me out. The fact that they're having a neighborhood party on the 25th of December. That Where does that happen? Oh, wait. So this is only like maybe a couple weeks, right? I think. So a couple they, days later, he's at the bowling alley. And guess who's back? Yeah. Bypass Bi guy. Bypass guy going in. It was just an in and out procedure. No, they crack open your chest, dude. Yeah. Oh, I'm all right. Don't worry about <laughs> the fact that the bike. He, she's like, you took six hours to assemble that bike. Six hours to assemble that tricycle? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. That does not take six hours to assemble. I'm not very good. <laughs> like, like, did he not get the, the instruction manual? <laughs> like, but this is what I'm saying. There's stuff here. Like the whole fact that we're talking about when I said that, you know, like they've been married for 13 years, but they both look great. 
She has the same haircut that she does. She has a different haircut when she's in 87. I'm right. talking about Kate Reynolds. She has the same haircut, though, in the glimpse and in real life. That's awfully convenient. It's a little less convenient. poofy and a little straighter. Uh, but yes, make it longer. You also have you also have the fact that, like I said, like, he, listen, I'm not saying that a lot of a lot of parents sometimes, you know, you, when you, you don't you don't exercise you don't a lot. Yeah. You don't have the time to do any of this stuff. You can you know, pack on some extra weight here and there. 10, 15 pounds. I'm not saying he's going to be obese, but you can't. Like that would have been a funny. That would have been a I great, liked funny that, moment yes. where he wake when he gets out of bed and he just looks at his gut and he's just like, oh, like like something like that. That would be funny. But you're not gonna do that. I know that you're not gonna have that in this movie. I get why you wouldn't. But like, not even thinking about it, was that even a thought that came up? Probably not. You know. And yeah. so there's there's a lot of things in this movie that you're just kind of you kind of glance over because it's a Christmas movie or it's a holiday film, right? It, you know, it, this is funny. The kid's cute. This is cute. This scene's cute. You know, that kind of stuff. It's got some heart, which it does when he's watching the video of him singing to her and he's crying. Right. That's a yeah. great moment. That's, you know, it's got some really good moments, but when you kind of like put a magnifying glass to everything, then some of the stuff starts kind of, I feel like that's pretty much any holiday. movie. I don't, the most believe, part. I disagree. I think no way. No way. Did you ever see the movie, the family stone? I have not actually. It's a really good movie, and that movie is I to me. It's probably better than this movie. How dare you? How dare we're me? talking about the family? I, right I, <laughs> of course, of course. I'm just saying. That's fine. I I do want to watch it. I know um, my fiance Elise. She really likes the Family Stone. She was actually mentioning movie. it. She also mentioned why haven't you watched Serendipity yet? And I was like, I have seen it, but it's been a long time. It's I can't okay. really remember. Serendipity is good, but she really likes that. I understand that. That popped up after we finished Family Man. That's why it came up. Oh, okay. Ooh, do we want to watch Serendipity next? And she was already falling asleep. I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I also like the fact that that Coke was 99 cents. Did you catch that? Yeah, back in the day. I was like, oh, remember those? They're $1.75 now. Actually, no, it's more than that. If you go buy it at like Cumberland Farms or something like that. It depends on where you go. Yeah. The character of Evelyn. Mm. Here's the thing. Nothing. Here's here's the thing. And maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just not. Maybe I'm oblivious to this. Maybe I just don't understand it. Maybe I'm just such a person that is. I'm not. I, I'm not saying I'm not a people person. I'm just you know. I have a I have a low tolerance level for for certain things. <laughs> but she is so aggressive when she hits on him. Oh like, yeah. It is clear. And intentional, and when she is blatantly, you know, like putting herself out there in front of putting his just in front up. of his wife, it's like <laughs> I have never experienced that. I've never seen that, like in any kind of setting. I, I just unless I, you're looking for a fight, I, or really aggressive, yeah, really aggressive. Try these crab cakes. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, like I mean, that's just it could just be my personal experience. I don't, you know, that's not something I'm I'm I relate to, but like. Do you think that that's some that's kind of a unintentional take on suburban life and parents? Do you think that is unintentionally? I think so. That you think that they're all all these people are not happy, or some of them are. You know what I mean? They're, some people are trapped, and like they feel like they're trapped, or you oh, know I, what I mean. I, I think so, and I think you get that with Jeremy Piven at the beginning um, when he. Uh, ends up knocking on his door and it's like, oh, we've been looking for you, buddy. And already takes him in and shows him his, his man cave and then talks about him. And you go, remind yourself about that every day. And she's like, she's my wife. Yeah, just tell her that every day. It's your mantra. Just say, my wife, my wife. Yeah. So it really gets in there. Almost like he's like, they're both suffering because they have wives. Right, right. Well, when you bring up the man cave, it's interesting you bring that up because I, was, I watched, I told you I watched uh, some, I watched special features and I watched right. a, a 20 minute 
it was kind of an interview between uh, Ratner and the director, director Brett Ratner and the uh, producer, Mark Abramson. Just kind of like talking about how like the, they got the movie together and stuff like that. And they actually mm-hmm. talk about the scene. And I think it was Abramson was talking about, he talks about how like, oh, when we, I can't remember what they were talking about, they were referencing. I think, oh, they were referencing just kind of like the production design or just kind of like suburban. And they talk about the man cave. But he references it in a way where he like ridicules it. Like he calls it like he calls it something and I can't remember, but it was it was not derogatory, but it wasn't like it, you know, he, he kind of like puts it down. Like like he thinks it's like this cheesy man or whatever it was. It's like, why are you why are you doing that? That's not cool. Like, like that, that to me, that to me, mm-hmm. that's a a nose up in the air, looking down on somebody who lives in suburbia, Absolutely. who has a room like that, which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, I don't, I, I didn't like that. Well, I didn't like that. Here's the thing, and this is probably why it's a surface deep film. This is a movie about how great it is to have a family and giving up the dream, like giving up all that money and power, made by people who are a ton of Jack Campbells producing yeah, this film. You know what? That that's a great point. Looking down at it and going, yeah, yeah, you know, it's too, the common the. The, the plebs are really going to like this movie because we're going to look down at it. I agree. And I, you know what? I, I, I agree with that because it feels like that. It feels like this is just like, oh, everyone loves that family, man. But you, but you don't know what that is. I don't believe for a second that you have lived any kind of this life where you have to worry about from paycheck to paycheck or, you know, the middle class and stuff like that. And, Absolutely, and worry yeah. about paying for things like that. I, not for a second. You just kind of have an idea of what it's like because you were maybe a child in that time or you saw a movie where like you know that was right. what it's their like. parents went right. through it, but they didn't go through it. Right. That's why I think a lot of more maybe independent films get that better, or they have a deeper understanding of it and a deeper right. look at it. Mm-hmm. Like you look at like I'm not a, we've talked about it before. I'm not a huge fan of American Beauty. Um, right. But that's early Sam Mendes. That's he probably had he has more of a head to the ground when you're doing that kind yeah. of stuff. At this point, this is Brett Ratner. This is Nicolas Cage. They're at the top of their game at this mm-hmm. point, having a ton of money. Going, let's make a movie about the the little yeah. guy. It's it's yeah, but that's we can go down a, a huge we can go down a huge path with this, but yeah, I, I think yeah. that's probably uh I agree. I think it's when you're when you're not coming from a place of where you know that source material, like a movie like The Family Stone, I think is something that really understands that. Even a movie like Crazy Stupid Love, which deals kind of like with you know a couple of divorce, kind of like two. You saw that movie with two, I, I very yeah, much yeah. like that. Yeah, that, that that's very that a lot of that movie feels very honest and very sincere. In terms of the family life and stuff like that. These movies, that's probably why I can only be service deep. And while it is a good service deep movie, it's got all these feel good moments. It's well acted, well constructed, blah, blah, blah. It can't really get to that level. I think that you hoped it would, it could get to, or you would like it to get to because of that fact. This might be the first movie that we've done where I've gone in with one opinion and I've come out with a slightly lesser opinion of the movie. Really? I don't know why. I, I think I just think because of the sense now you're, you can actually see the family life. I mean, I'm not, I, I mean, yes, my house is a mess. You know, my, my kid, my kids scream, but my kids are older than the kids in this movie. Though, right. So, but I've got like, if the house is, it's not, I would say it's a mess by my standards. It's not a complete pigsty. No, it's it's really not. He can't really say it. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Um, but like, just not like 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 the couch that I have. There's a part of the part of the couch we bought this couch like maybe like eight months ago. There's a couch. The part of the couch is broken already because everyone sits in that part of the couch, and the couch oh, is yeah. is not great. But it's like, well, that's what you're stuck with. Like it's like stuff like that. You exactly, make concessions. Yeah. yeah. 
I just, you know, I'd love to have everything be perfect, but it's not. Everything's not perfect. Everything's not perfect anywhere. But I, I don't know. I just, I think maybe the lack of, I, I question the sincerity of the filmmakers behind it in terms of knowing that life. And, I, and I, when I say I question, I'm not like, I'm not taking anyone to task. I just, I don't believe it. Maybe that's the, maybe that's okay. maybe watching that 20 minute interview kind of like, so, uh, you know, Cage soured me on yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. I still love Nicholas Cage and I still love Tay Leone and I love the people. I love the actors in it. I love, um, you know, I like Don Cheadle. I like all everyone in it. I, right. I, I just, but in terms of like we talk about, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again. You know, the level of the deep level, the deepness level of the storytelling to me just seems like just enough to kind of convince you that, hey, this movie really means something or I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. I can't put it into words. And of course, you know, doing a podcast, that really helps. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? Let, let me, let, let's get off that a little bit. And let, let's, I want to ask you if you notice this because you always notice this. OK. Did you notice that Jack wears a lot of green? Yes. What is up with that? What maybe to keep a Christmas motif? Like, hey, green Christmas, just to keep that. But I did notice that it, there's a lot of green. His the the suit he gets at the uh, suit's she green. Gives him his green. Is that big sweater jacket? The big sweater jacket's green. The over the robe, the robe that's green. Yeah, the Henley. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of there's a lot of green. Second going sweater on. that's green. He yeah. does wear one sweater that's blue one time at the Christmas, party. Christmas party. Yes. But everything else is green. Even like. But then, like, there's even green. Like his bed sheets are green. He, I think one of the floor, one of the walls is green. Like one of the rooms has green walls. Like every, like I'm just like I don't know why. Maybe it's just the set designer, production designer, the costume guys all decided that green was a great color for him. There's got to be a reason for it. Costume designers don't just go green because it's a great color. They go there's green because green represents this, or green's the color of money. That's true. That's a good maybe. Boom. Maybe, but nobody else has any color themes. He's your main character. He's but but known. that doesn't mean that's not, not fair. fair. You can't theme one. You're gonna theme one person but in the he's movie. He's the fake person in this glimpse. He's the guy who doesn't belong. He's the guy that's that's uh, the outsider. In then there. why give him a blue sweater at the Christmas party? Because there's already a lot of green. Because it's Christmas stuff everywhere. No, 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 <laughs> no. I don't. I don't accept that. I, don't know. <laughs> I do have to uh, point out a uh, a a Trek watch. Oh uh, boy, hang on. Let me. Oh, can I guess it? Hang. Is it a character? It's it's pretty easy to get, so you'll probably is get it, it pretty much it, right away. Oh no, go ahead. Who is it? Is that Saul Rubinick? It's Saul Rubinick. Ah. He plays Kivas Fajo in the uh, episode "The Most Toys," where he kidnaps Data. Well, you know what? Then? Well, him. then I'm going to say something that that Saul Rubinick was also in the Nero Wolf series on A and A. Oh, was he? He played uh, he played the reporter that always shows up at the house and eats with him, and he reveals information to him. So yeah, so yeah, that's what we both do. All right, okay. we both can do that. Right? He's also an unforgivable. Oh no, he's done a ton of stuff. I oh, just yeah. 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 And everyone knows Piven from Entourage. Yeah. Not a, I know you're not an Entourage guy. I'm not a Piven guy. You're not a Piven guy? No. Why I think not? he comes from the camp of Brett Ratner. I can't imagine mm. that he's not. I mean, I hope he's a great guy, but I've mm. I hear I've you. heard some things. No, I think everyone's heard some things. And that's, yeah. that may, that might be also the other the other reason why I'm kind of down on Family Man is just the Ratner stuff. The Ratner stuff doesn't bother me as much because I can once I'm watching the movie I don't have to look at him I don't have to see him like, I get it I get it I love the film K-Pax uh, with Kevin Spacey Ugh, no I do yeah. not well that's that's your opinion man no that's fine that's not what my this point <laughs> is the point is that I used to really love that movie I thought it was really good now I, it's it's 
tough it's, to watch it. It's because tough. It's tough in this day. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but Kevin, it's tough in this day and age because everyone and and not that it's a bad thing, but you like you know everything about everybody now. You know everyone's personal life and stuff like that. And right. And things and, you know people there aren't like you know people don't keep secrets like that as they should not. You know. Yeah. That I'm not. I'm not arguing that point. I'm just saying it's tough for you to you really like something and respond to a movie and then you find out things about the people involved and you're just like damn it and like it's it sucks it, it, it really just, sucks yeah. yeah absolutely you want to watch somebody on screen that you like uh you you want like uh that a leading man on screen that you love that is a great person in real life you know what i mean that's we just everyone you know what the good people exactly. should be getting those those opportunities absolutely absolutely agreed shouldn't keep rewarding bad behavior of course not of course not and then now we could go into a bigger dive about where we work, what we want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so yeah, so I am not recommending. No, I am recommending this movie. That's fine. It's 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 a good film. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts? Because I think we're wrapping up. Um. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even talk about how Paul Servino's in a deleted scene. Oh yeah, tell tell us about that deleted scene where he plays uh, Paul Servino's in a deleted scene. Nice. And there we go. <laughs> Well, he plays, according to the IMDb page, he's an uh, unused scene where he plays Sidney Potter, yeah, yeah. who is that third biggest uh, it's trucker guy. It's basically, I think the scene is to show that Jack, even though Jack has no idea like what to do in, this, in with selling tires, he brings him in, Big Ed brings him in, who is, Big Ed in this movie is um, Kate Reynolds' father. That's why you find out that like Jack, Big Ed has a heart attack and Jack comes in to take over right. and help out. And then eventually just stays there but like he sells he basically pitches him to buy their parts and you just see kind of like jack in action kind of thing like his salesmanship right which is what they bring up later where when he's at um when he's at lassiter's uh, right. office he says you know tires nothing it's it's all people and i know people right so it shows that he can they probably succeed didn't need that. they probably didn't they didn't need that scene when they had that one because so, you yeah. get it yeah yeah you're right so do you have anything else? Uh, just that he says coupons, which really makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hate that. I looked at it. And I was like, coupons? Done with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I really like, I think Don Cheadle does a really good job, which I mean, we didn't talk much about that. He was like, uh, at, he was added in. I think he wasn't initially his character, not wasn't his there was a character that was Don Cheadle's character I think in the original script but they actually rewrote it and I guess then they I don't know I don't know if they rewrote it for Cheadle or they just rewrote it and then they cast it Don Cheadle okay but so yeah. a different kind of reason he gets the glimpse kind of a thing maybe it was just another maybe it was a different scene maybe it was a different way yeah like yeah gotcha maybe it wasn't like the convenience store or something like that but I like Don Cheadle because he really I like when he goes in and he's all like on edge and he pulls up the gun but then he talks to Jack right then he's in the Ferrari in the next scene and he's yeah. like really smooth. He's a smooth talker. Like, I, I think he did a really good job. And that was like, that's early Don Cheadle. Like, well, what do you need, Jack? Me. You just said everybody needs something. I got everything I need. Wow. It must be great being you. I'm not saying that you'd be able to do it without some hard work, some honest hard work and, and possibly some medicine. <laughs> You know, I'm going to really enjoy this. You just remember that you did this, Jack, okay? You brought this on yourself. Merry Christmas. Well, do you remember Don Cheadle from Colors? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was on the other day and I forgot that he was in it. I was like, oh my God, Don Cheadle. 
No, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's no, good. he's Don Cheadle's really a really good actor. Yeah, absolutely. I can't remember what's the movie. What's the name of the movie did when they did? There was about the Rwanda genocide. What was the name of that movie? Hotel. Was there something? Hotel like, Rwanda. Was that what it was? Yeah. yeah. Was that was that PG thirteen or rated R? Uh, that had to have been rated R. Right. Because I remember him in that. I remember that. I liked him in that. I liked that movie, even though it's a tough subject matter. Right. But no, I like. Was he nominated for that? I want to say yes. I don't think he won, but I want to say yes. Yeah, he was he's great in the Oceans series. Yes. Yeah. He's really good in Oceans. Yeah. Tay Leone's also really good in this movie as well. Which we kind of everyone's good. About. Yeah. Everyone's good. But I don't get Tay Leone doesn't do like a ton of stuff, which is surprising. Uh, well, she has yeah. kids, so maybe she's just kind of like maybe you know, focusing on that. The family. The family man. man. Woman. Family woman. woman. Family person. Family person. I don't know. what I don't I haven't seen her. No, she's in um, the CBS show. Wait, wasn't she in the uh, Madam Secretary or something like that? Isn't that her? Yeah, but I mean, before that, it took a long time to get to something else. Like, it's. But that's that's a five year show. Yeah. 2014 to 2019. She's going to be the voice in something called Endangered. There you go. She's working. Let's see. Her credits go from 2004, 5, 7, 8, 9, 11, 14. Maybe it was a kid. Maybe it was a Five year gig on TV is. uh... Is not is, is pretty good. It's, it's also good steady work, which you know very hard to right. find sometimes. So yeah, that's all I got. I mean, I really like the Family Man. Its message might be only skin deep, but it is a good message. It <laughs> is touching, and I I think what sticks with me most, more than anything, is the ending. Um. Well, when they're at the uh, they kind of open up the ending. Let's just get a cup of coffee. That mm-hmm. that I think is always like there are certain things in movies that like that's something that really is why you remember it. Like. Movies like this where it's like there was a part that I remember and I should go back and rewatch it to see if I really like that movie or it was just that part that really stuck out. Right. And right. I think the fact that that ending was more open ended that made it a little different is what really stuck out to me. I know we could both go on with our lives and we'd both be fine. But I've seen what we could be like together. And I choose us. Please, Kate. One cup of coffee. You can always go to Paris. Just, please. Not tonight. I will say that I think being older now that I've seen it, because I last saw it in 2000, the family aspect kind of, I think, meant more to me than it would that it did when I was, you know, 13, 14 when I first watched it. That's what you want. You want to be a family man. I want it all, man. Uh-oh. I'm still at that point where I want it all. <laughs> you better start and then cracking. you get one or the other, and then that's it. You better start cracking. You ain't getting young. <sighs> I ain't getting older, though. Yeah, I'm, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm um, kidding. So, yeah, well, how about this? Since this is a holiday movie and people are obviously, all they've opened their presents to the sounds of us talking about the family, man, of oh, course. So uh, we apologize for the curse the words. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> So what is your go-to holiday movie? That you have to watch every year. Just give me one. Don't give me like a, give me one movie that you're like I have to watch that. It's gonna have to be Christmas Vacation. Okay. Then. All right. That, that, that's that's fair. That's fair. I think. I, I guess that's the same. We actually do watch Love Actually a lot. I know nobody likes Love Actually, but that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a crap that everyone thinks so. It's corny. It's fine. It's fine. You don't you don't have to like it. I can like it. It's fine with me. <laughs> but uh, Christmas Vacation. It's you can't. I mean, I can't believe that's eighty nine. That's like. Oof. Yep. So old. I feel so old. Such a movie. 
<laughs> no, no, no. I'm not, it's going to be, it's 30 years old. Yeah. No, I hear you. All right. So, um, actually join us next week for New Year's Day, right? New Year's Day. New Year's Day. So after you celebrate your New Year's Eve celebration, whichever it's going to be, I will be working because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm past the age where I really don't care about staying up that late anymore. <laughs> um, so I work and cause, and nobody comes in on New Year's Eve night. They come no. in, everyone comes in dressed up very nicely at the theater for the seven o'clock set. But then after that, it's nothing. It's nada. Don't come in. We don't want you then. Although this year, since Star Wars is coming on, I wonder if it'll be busy. We were busy. Uh, when Force Awakens that yeah. New Year's Eve. The second, the second part. Damn it. Second part a little Man, bit, yeah. I just told people not to come in. But anyways, <laughs> so after doing your New Year's Eve celebration, join us the following day where we'll have our new episode, uh, Strange Days, starring Ray Fiennes and Angela Bassett, which Mike has not seen. So but Mike, I'm really excited. Yes. So uh, um, that's why it's on the list. Right up my wheelhouse. <laughs> 1995, I believe that came out. 95. Yep. All right. That's it for next week. So strange days. Uh, thanks again for listening to our podcast. You can uh, follow us on um, any of the social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can go to our website, forgotten cinema podcast.com. And you can also email us forgotten cinema pod at gmail.com. If uh, we take suggestions. That's you, right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so feel free, reach out, say hi, say, Hey, Butler stinks, field stinks, whatever. <laughs> we'll take it. Um, thanks again for listening. I'm Mike field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Happy holidays. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I just picture the scene at Krampus now where everyone's like piled on each other. All right. That's true. Krampus, three episodes ago. If you haven't seen it, watch it.